Hey friends, this is Rob and welcome to a guide to thinking and drinking, getting your mouth abroad when the rest of your body can't. Hey friends, this is Rob. I want to share a thought with you today. It's about travel. It's about drinking. It's about intentionality. It's about curiosity. It's about conversations, being present in the moment, using something externally to help you be more mindful and present and here in the moments. And I mean, depending on your history and relationship with alcohol, what what your natural image that comes to mind when you think about alcohol helping you to become more present and aware in the moment may not be the specific case for you, but I, I think it could be. So I want to share some thoughts with you. Part of a conversation I had here on the podcast a couple years ago that changed the way I think about drinking, that changed the way I think about uh, how other countries and other people in other places around the world think about drinking. I want to share with you a new travel phenomenon that Sarah and I have discovered over the past few weeks being at home. But first, have I ever told you the story about when I was in Salzburg, Austria, drinking schnapps when I ran into the most obnoxious group of American tourists? It was 11 a.m. in the old market of Salzburg, Austria. My wife, Sarah, and I had spent the entire morning walking around when we stumbled upon this fascinating schnapps bottle shop. Now, if you are an American, possibly the first thing that comes to mind when you hear the word schnapps is a sugary alcoholic drink that's used in mixed beverages. You think probably the first thing that comes to mind for me in that vein is something like a stoli, uh, like sugary, typically had a fruit flavor. So it was like banana, straw watermelon. Uh, it's not something you necessarily pull down. Uh, I'll take a strawberry schnapps uh, neat, please. And I'm just going to sip and enjoy that. No, that's something you're putting together to forget the fact that you're drinking alcohol. Uh, but when you are in Germany, in Austria, you're over in Europe, you realize that schnapps is something completely different. It's stronger. It's more in the vein of a brandy or a type of whiskey where it is made based out of some sort of fruit typically you can find strawberry schnapps uh, i'm sitting here in my studio right now and to my left i have this wall where i keep travel things and trinkets i found overseas and i have this bottle of it's kirschwater it's completely different than what you have here in the states and it's typically drank neat so there sarah and i are we're in salzburg we walk into this bottle shop and lining the walls are these kegs like these old ancient wooden kegs filled with schnapps and there's probably 50 i would say lining the walls 
and it's just magical. It's dimly lit. It feels like you just walked into like the wand shop of Harry Potter where you're like, it's, it's everything's dusty and there's not music playing. Some, uh, someone's behind the bar wiping out a glass asking if we want to taste anything. So there we are. It's 11 in the morning and we're surrounded by this magical elixir of life surrounding us. So obviously we're going to decide we're going to do a small flight and taste a few things. Sarah and I said, we're really excited to try this. I mean, we obviously can't try all of it right now. Uh, so maybe give us a couple that if you, if I've never experienced this before, what are the staples of Salzburg schnapps that we should try? And then give us a couple that are out there that you don't think someone traveling would typically reach for like the standard uh, cherry or fig or anything like that. What's something adventurous that you think uh, people traveling wouldn't necessarily naturally reach for, but you think is worth trying? Give us something like that. And that one of the adventurous ones they end up giving us was this, I feel feel like it was like a pine needle one where they took pine needles and they put it and that was part of what they distilled down and part of the flavoring. It was fascinating. It literally tasted like you put a pine cone in your mouth. And and like so many times before while traveling, the person behind the counter, when they realized that we're excited and we're curious, they lit up and they were so pumped to share with us our world, knowing that we're not just going to throw them back, that we're going to sip and we're going to think about it. So they poured us a few glasses and Sarah and I took them over to a dark corner and sat there and we began smelling and so okay what do you what do you taste in this oh i'm kind of getting i'm kind of getting this kind of flavor okay what's your favorite what's your least favorite going through our uh rundown that we often do when we're tasting handing things back and forth together when all of a sudden a group of americans fresh off of a sound of music tour bus walked into the door and the decibel level of volume in the room instantly went up. People are shouting, oh, wh- oh what is this place? Oh, man, what is, is oh, this is like a liquor shop? What do, you, what do you guys have here? And the person behind the bar says, well, you know, we sell traditional Austrian schnapps. And so here's a list and the varieties. You can look at the barrels. They all have their names. And just then a sweaty larger guy pushes his way to the front of the group up to his wife who was staying there talking to the bartender and says, no, no way. It's only 11 o'clock. We're not, we are not going to start drinking at 11 o'clock and just shoot our day to shit. No way. Let's go grab some lunch. And then maybe like at five o'clock, we'll come back here. This is then followed by a resounding, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, okay, yeah, the great idea from the whole group. Uh, All of them completely oblivious of anybody else existing in this place other than them. They'll pile out of the establishment, and you you can almost feel like your ears are popping. Like, uh, I feel like I'm on, I feel like I just had a takeoff on a flight. My ears are popping. I'm like, the the whole, the room decompressed as they leave. We look back at the bartender who rolls his eyes uh, and turns around and goes back to what he was doing before. For. Man, and that experience stuck with me, uh, and ad- it was actually really confusing to me. Like, what? Okay, th- this doesn't sit well. Sarah and I end up talking a lot about it together. Like, this doesn't sit. Like, what is this? I couldn't put my finger on it. Why did uh, I feel so foreign? to this group of American tourists that just busted in saying that it's only 11 o'clock, we're not gonna start drinking now. For some reason, my mind kept like getting stuck on the word start. Like that was so interesting to me. There's something about like the start drinking. And then I realized, oh yeah, oh that's right, okay. 
for them, drinking meant partying leading to getting drunk. Well, that, of course, then, if you're going to start drinking, you're not going to stop drinking. And if drinking equals drunk, well, you're not, of course, you're in you're in beautiful Salzburg, Austria. You don't want to just piss the rest of your day away. So, of course, yeah, you will just enjoy your day and then start drinking later in the day. So that at least, uh, you know, you didn't, you, you weren't drunk for the entire day of it. Now, sure, I mean, we was it was 11 a.m. We had had breakfast. Even though we were sipping, we weren't uh, drunk or even tipsy. Maybe we, I could feel effects of it. I was a, a little buzzed, uh, but we had restraint and we were more interested not in taking back shots, but to experience the culture that exists within this drink. But I still, like it just sat with me. I didn't have a word for it. I didn't have, I, I needed a way to be able to put words to this feeling about it that I had. And that didn't come till later when I sat down with wine sommelier Leslie Miller here on the podcast. We got together on the podcast to talk about, oh man, okay, you are a, a wine expert. Being a sommelier is so fascinating to me. What led you to this experience? How do you look at wine and drinking differently? So we sat down and in the middle of that conversation, she gave me language. And one of the most fascinating things about doing this podcast is being the, given the gift of putting a word to something that you're feeling, I think in life is one of the greatest sources of mental oxygen. Oh, okay. I'm not alone. Yes. Okay. You are, you are vocalizing it far more clearly. And that helps me to actually think about it differently. She said this phrase uh, in our conversation called thinking and drinking. So I want to share some of her thoughts with you, but before I dive in uh, to it, I have to say, uh, listening back to my myself on the podcast and the, the, how much I've changed and grown. Uh, this is so cringy to me because uh, in the middle of our conversations, I was doing something that I no longer, well, I try at least try not to do anymore. And that is uh, ver vocal affirmations. I mean, you know, when you're on the phone with someone, you're having a conversation and you want them to know that you're still listening and you're still there. It becomes natural just to constantly, yes, uh, mm -hmm, uh -huh, yes, yes. In an interview podcast situation, I it's listening back. It's, it's, it's just so over the top. So forgive my constant butting in with sounds. But here's what Leslie has to say about thinking and drinking. You constantly are eating and drinking. Yeah. And you're constantly oh, thinking yes. and drinking. Okay. And it's, it's the secret behind yes. being really, really good yes. at eating. Yes. And being really good at drinking. Yes. Oh right. man, I love, okay, you just said thinking and drinking, <laughs> yeah. and I'm totally going to steal that, because you I've should. just been using, like, I've been using, in, I've been trying to find a word for it, I've been saying intentional dr tasting, thinking and being and in the moment, but thinking and drinking. Just, it's really simple, ah, just simple, yes. simplify it, right? Because when you turn, it's one thing, as Americans, we don't, we drink to, <laughs> well, we drink to forget, right? We yeah. drink to yeah. relax, we, I, and which is why I think that as Americans, we all probably are also more abusive yeah. with alcohol. Yeah. For me, in my world, wine is food. So uh, I treat it like food. Hell yes. Right? Yes. And I then love it's, this. it's part yeah. of your okay. meal, yeah. and then it's an experience that you can yeah. talk about. Yeah. And then you're constantly thinking about the flavors. Yes. And yeah, I mean, you're, if you drink two glasses of wine, let's face it, you're going to get yeah. tipsy. Yeah. 
but if you if you sip it and taste and eat and enjoy and yeah. make it an experience yeah for not just yourself but yes. maybe it's the two of you sitting on the floor eating a bunch of uh, horrible you know snacks. salami <laughs> yeah, totally. and yeah cheese whiz <laughs> yes. you know it oh, becomes man. kind of this thing where i don't know it just, for me it, it just is it's more part of my life and i feel like in the people that i hang out with yeah. my friends yeah we cannot wait to eat with wine. Yeah. We we cook all the time. We're cooking according to the... Mm-hmm. And it's not this weird, nerdy, techie thing. Yeah. We're doing it just because we enjoy it. It adds value. It's all it just adding, adding value to yeah. it. Yeah. Um, I thought that came to mind when you're talking about this thing of thinking and drinking, too, is I realized that that is not the most common within maybe the American culture, generally. Right. Right. When I was over in... Um, we were in Salzburg, Austria in, in October. Awesome. And we were at this cool spot that had different uh, aperitifs and like whiskeys and stuff. Yeah. And we were there and, mm-hmm. and so we stopped in. We're like, okay, we're going to get a couple of these. And Sarah and I are nerding out. Right. And just like tasting them and like talking about it. It's adding yeah. value to the moment. Mm-hmm. And this family comes in and they're like, oh, what's this place? Oh, oh man, we're not. No, it's way too early to start drinking. That's the direct quote. They're like, right. it's way too early to start drinking. And I go, oh, for you, once you start drinking, you're drinking to get drunk. And yeah. you, you should wait till the evening to do that. Right. But you just don't. Yeah. So if there's somebody, if someone's listening, and maybe they recognize that, man, I haven't been thinking and drinking. Mm-hmm. Is, do you have like a, a first step into that world? Like, <laughs> Do you have like advice of like, go do this. Go buy a bottle of wine. Sit down with it. I don't know what your advice would well, be to someone that maybe that's outside their comfort zone, but they know that they should be doing that. I mean, number one, alcohol content. I think constantly about it because it can seriously mm. put a huge like bummer on my mood if I'm tipsy by wine number two. Yes. You know, I'm like, I don't want to drink 16% and I'm in the salad course. Oh, yes, right? <laughs> totally. Yeah. So, so you are always thinking of that. I am. What am I starting with and going that way? Yes. I am. Um, I don't like high alcoholic wine, so I really? mean, it's just not really my style yeah. anyways. I definitely yeah. like, I'm a high acid old world drinker. Is this kind of what I, yeah. you know, like? And yes. so I, and my thing too is also from a health perspective, how many calories can I like squish in, you know, yes. and, yeah. and all of that, totally. you know, those are also things I think that people think about. <laughs> yeah, for sure. So I do teach yeah. a lot of wine and wellness classes. Oh, cool. And women are yeah. really, really concerned about that. Wine and wellness classes. Yeah. Yes. So we talk about, you know, how can you enjoy more, not feel tipsy. Mm-hmm. Let's say you are the host or the hostess and you, you're like, I want to have a glass of wine while I'm putting, you know, brunch or dinner together mm-hmm. or whatever. You don't want to also be, you know. Yes tipping over by the time you're <laughs> serving the you're protein course, you know, so. that just also doesn't happen. Ever since my conversation with Leslie, the phrase thinking and drinking hasn't been far from my mind. And now I don't have necessarily the greatest palate for discerning wines, uh, but it's the reason why something like a good scotch for me is one of the most grounding, almost meditative at times. It forces me to have it, hold it in front of me. I'm looking at the color. I'm smelling it. Okay, am I getting smoke, peat? Is it salty? Is it sweet? Okay, I taste 
taste it? What am I tasting? How heavy is it? I mean, it's, it's, sometimes I want to dive even deeper into it. So I'll look into, okay, where is this distillery? What is it about the fact that this distillery is on this river that's being fed in from the ocean that maybe that is making the water and the salt spray that's the constantly the in the air uh, around the barrels? Well, maybe that's adding to the brininess of this. Oh, okay. Are they, what are they smoking? Are they smoking their malts over peats? That's why I love scotch because you can go as deep into it as you want. Now, I, I don't know about you, but a really big bummer about uh, COVID has been the lack of being able to travel the world. And so for Sarah and I, drinks have kind of become a virtual passport into traveling in our minds to other countries. We'll pull out a scotch or we'll pull out a brandy. And I've realized if I'm really there and if I'm really present in the moment and I'm really thinking and drinking, this sake in front of me that's come from Japan or this a scotch that's come from Scotland, uh, this has the opportunity to let me in my mind travel to another country. And so Sarah and I have actually been experimenting with that and saying, well, what if we, what if we tr- pair something that we're drinking, something that actually has come from another country, what if we pair that and sip on it while we're watching a travel show from the country it's from, and then you're literally like breaking this fourth wall somehow, I've realized, where you're watching the show, and but you're also getting the smells of the countryside. You're getting this taste of what this country tastes like, and it's been really, really fascinating uh, to do, so much so that we have actually stumbled on a new media phenomenon. I'm just going to call it like a new, a new phenomenon that's happening. A new, uh, maybe this phenomenon is too big of a word. Trend, let's say. A new video trend that's popping up all over YouTube and I am freaking pumped about it. What it is, is their silent walking tours of a city all over the world. So what people are doing is uh, when you naturally... When you think of a travel show and someone doing like their YouTube vlogging, giving you the tourist thing, they have their opinions. Okay, we're going to go to Delft, the Netherlands, uh, and we're going to walk around and tell you about some of the sites and some of the things. and We're going to talk about it. But this new trend that's popping up is they're skipping all of the talking. Someone takes a high definition camera and they just walk around the city at a normal walking pace for anywhere from like a half hour to an hour and a half are some of these walks. <laughs> Even I'm saying this, it feels weird because it, I know it can sound boring. Like, well, you're just going to watch someone take a walk. I mean, you don't even see the person. You're just seeing what they're seeing. You're hearing the sounds that they're saying. Now, I, I know you may be saying to yourself right now, Rob, that sounds cheesy as hell. There's no way I'm going to pull up a YouTube video and watch someone walking around the city and then just pretend I'm there. That sounds dumb. That's child's play. Not going to do it. But here's the deal. Here's the deal, man. There's two reasons why I think this is fascinating. Number one is there was a study done a few years back about the tr- this massive trend. Any of you that have kids know that there was this massive trend of unboxing videos. But essentially what it was is a video on YouTube of a child opening 
a toy and playing with it. Or these egg videos would be this massive like Easter egg that's covered in uh, intricate Play-Doh art. And the kid would go through and they'd pull off the Play-Doh and they'd crack open the egg and there would be candy and toys in there and a bunch of surprises. And so they'd pull them out. Oh, that's a fun surprise. And they'd look at that and they'd play at it. What's fascinating about this phenomenon is that these videos were getting millions of views from children all over the world. Now, what this study did with children is they took two separate sets of kids and they monitored uh, the dopamine levels and the neurons firing in their brains to see the brain activity, what was going on. And in one set, the children were actually playing with toys and unboxing things. In the other set, the children were just sitting in front of a screen watching other children do it. And what they found was that the same synapses that were firing in the children's mind of enjoying opening up their own toys were happening to the children watching other kids online do it. It ended up being this fascinating study of the world of virtual entertainment, but I can't help but to think the same thing happens to us as adults. And really, if you can get your eyes to another country, if you can get your ears to another city, and if you can get your taste buds to another city, if you can get your nose to another city, all these things start adding up. And I say this because it's been fascinating when we've been watching some of these and pairing them with a drink from that country. A great example for us is what we've liked to do is pull up cities around the world that we've traveled to before. And then, so like, uh, where is one recently we watched one where someone's walking around in downtown Amsterdam. So we, Sarah and I pull out some Yenever. Oh, maybe they're going to walk past uh, one of our fa- favorite bars in Amsterdam, Der Doctor or the Pilsner Club. Uh, maybe we'll see that. Ooh, uh, oh, I do. I remember that. Oh, that site. Okay. I can see this uh, cathedral in the, bil- in, in the distance. So I can tell where I can tell where we are in the cities. We found it fascinating. Like I said, especially when you are watching it and you're pairing it with a proper drink, a proper dram from the location you're watching. I mean, it really isn't what distilled alcohol is all about anyways. When you start traveling, you realize that all around the world, people were just using whatever they had at their disposal to make their distilled beverages. And that's why you have all these things from around the world. I mean, Scotland uh, had obviously a ton of barley, so they started making whiskey. With it, Japan had rice. They're making soku. Austria has fruit. They're making schnapps. Uh, but it goes all around the world. I mean, the Netherlands um, have malt and juniper, so that they put that together and make a Yenever. You go to the Bahamas or something like Jamaica, and they have sugarcane, so they're making rum out of that. Mexico had a ton of surplus of agave, so they were making tequila. France has grapes, so they're making brandy. Poland has potatoes, and so they're making vodka. It really, if you think about it, if you dive into it, whatever in front of you with a little intentionality, with a little thinking and drinking can pull you into a moment. So it's been this, so this has been our thought lately. Maybe if our full body can't get to another country right now, but maybe through thinking and drinking a little intentionality, maybe at least our taste buds, maybe we can get our mouth to another country. Maybe through this fascinating trend of walking tours that's popping up all over YouTube, maybe at least your eyes and your ears can get to another country. So maybe think about that this week. So recommendation this week, think about uh, pulling up a, some sort of travel show from a country and heading over to a liquor store and picking up a beer, a wine, a spirit, something from that area. Wrap your mouth around it, wrap your eyes around it, and you never know. And while nothing can compare to actually being there, being in a new country, traveling someplace with your full body, 
maybe during these crazy times, you can get part of yourself there. And that's got to count for something. All right, friends, cheers to your thinking and drinking experience. And as always, stay curious.